Hi everyone, my name is Natalie Ledwell and this is The Inspiration Show. Today I have an awesome guest with me and we've got an amazing subject that we'll be talking about. We're talking about the quantum mind and how we have the ability to be able to heal ourselves and to create the reality that we want through that quantum mind. Um, so can you please uh, welcome my special guest and friend, Dr. Joe Dispenza. How are you, Joe? Very good, Natalie. I'm very happy to be with you. Always happy to be with you. Um, and we're also going to be discussing some amazing um, uh, measurements and things that you've been able to discover through some of the workshops and things that you do. So why don't we start, first of all, with a little bit with your background and how you got into doing the stuff that you do right now. Well, I never planned on doing any of this, to be honest with you. I, I got run over by a truck in a triathlon and uh, broke six bones in my back, and that kind of started me on the journey. I had to make a decision whether I was going to go the conventional route and, uh, you know, go with the surgery or try to heal myself by thought alone. And um, it was a very, very defining moment in my life. I decided to not have the surgery and and uh, spent quite a bit of time going within and making some really substantial changes. And uh, recovered completely and then started asking questions like, uh, if I've done this, has anybody else ever done something similar to this? And so I started, you know, looking at spontaneous remissions and the neuroscience of change and this concept called neuroplasticity and epigenetics and quantum physics. All of those things, Natalie, point the finger at possibility, at human potential. And then What the Bleak came out uh, became a very famous movie, and, uh, and then the most common questions that people started asking after that movie was, uh, how do you create the life that you want? You know, how do you do it? And if your personality creates your personal reality, and your personality is made up of how you think, how you act, and how you feel, then in order for me to create a new personal reality, I've got to change my personality. Why is it so hard to change? So... Based on those two questions, we started teaching workshops around the world, and um, over a period of time, I'd have to say, uh, we started seeing common people doing the uncommon, not just once, not just twice, not just three times, that we saw when people really understand vital information about who they are, and then they can speak about it, in other words, they can wire it in their brain and they develop a model of understanding. And then you can give them some instruction on how to apply that philosophy or the knowledge. If they initiate that information properly and they get their behaviors to match their intentions, they should have some type of change, some transformation. And so we started seeing people healing themselves from all kinds of conditions and creating the life that they want and miracles starting to happen. And it got very exciting because that's what led to the, some of the measurements we started doing because we started seeing people in real time, right during our workshops, get up with very serious diseases and conditions and really begin to make very significant strides in their health and in their life right during the workshop. So we knew it was happening in real time. So that's when we decided to start doing the measurements and really seeing if we could demystify the mystical. And uh, I think we made scientific history in the, in the last year and a half. Yeah. So tell me, what are some of the things that you have been measuring that you've been seeing incredible results with? Well, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that um, we know is that when you marry a clear intention with an elevated emotion, thoughts are the language of the brain and feelings are the language of the body, and when you combine how you think and how you feel, you create what I call a state of being. 
And a state of being is when mind and body are unified, or the body and the mind merge as one. So if we're going to get a clear intention, we have to get our brain working right. And so we began doing what we call quantitative encephalographic readings. We measure people's brain, you know, like with electroencephalograph, EEGs. We measure what happens, and we measure them before they come to the event. They go through four and a half days of training. Then we measure their brain at the end to see if there's any significant changes. We also randomly select um, five people per um, uh, uh, meditation or whatever exercise we're doing, and we measure their brain in real time to see if they're making any changes, how long they can sustain a change, what level of coherence they could create in their brain, what kind of energy they're creating, uh, how different compartments of the brain are talking to each other, how neuroplastic the brain is, how fast they can slip into state, if they can overcome the chatter in their mind and how to do that. So, um, so we measure brains and then we measure hearts because when you feel frustration, your heart does a very specific change in pattern. If you're feeling anxiety, there's a different pattern. But when you feel joy or you feel appreciation or you feel gratitude or you feel care, uh, the heart changes also and gets very coherent. And so we have our students wear heart rate man monitors. We partner with HeartMath Institute. And they go in and out of meditation, and we're measuring when they open their heart how long they can sustain that and make it a skill. We also measure the energy of the room, and people say, oh, my God, the energy in the room was so incredible. Well, I wanted to measure it to see if it really was incredible. And, uh, in every single event, we've done measurements uh, for in the room, in the ambient space, there's been very, very, very significant elevations in the energy in the room. We also measure the energy around people's bodies. If they're going from particle to wave, if they're going from matter to energy, if they're freeing themselves from the chains of certain emotions that keep them anchored to the past and the body's liberated, there should be a release of energy. So we wanted to measure energetic changes with very sophisticated instruments that really uh, surpass... Uh, the Karelian photography to a, to a very large extent. We also measure the energy centers of the body. If people are programming their autonomic nervous system, that these energy centers really should be more robust, they should be more aligned, and they should work in more harmony. And we also measured, uh, in one of our events, epigenetic changes. We're measuring if a person's truly in a state of grace, then their DHEA levels, which are the kind of the regeneration hormones should be going up and their cortisol levels should be going down and we saw that happen. If a person's truly experiencing love, they should have elevated levels of oxytocin and we've seen that over and over again in our students. We also measured like uh, dopamine and epinephrine, norepinephrine, serotonin, GABA, you know, different, different neurotransmitters to see if people are really breaking through and they're overcoming certain aspects of themselves and making changes in their genetic uh, expression, then we should be measuring the effects of that. And, and uh, we've seen some pretty cool things as a result of it. And we know that 93% of the people that have come to our workshops get a more than 80% change in their brain for the better. We also know that uh, it's impossible for the brain to change the brain or the ego to change the ego, or the personality to change the personality, or matter to change matter. It's just as impossible. It's only when we become pure consciousness, when we become an awareness and possibility, 
that we can begin to exert effects on our bodies, on conditions in our life and our environment, and to create some new future time. So we gathered a lot of information, and uh, I'm so hopeful and so excited that uh, by presenting this information to people, they, they realize that they come you know, loaded with all the biological and neurological machinery to really make changes in their life and create the life that they want. Exactly. And uh, what I love about the work that you're doing, and, uh, and you know, we have worked together quite a bit on, on, you know, especially the last couple of advanced workshops that you've had, is that you're taking this information that some people see as a little bit spiritual and woo-woo, but you're actually scientifically, scientifically explaining how and why it works, which is awesome. Now, um, you have, have a copy of your book here, um, You Are the Placebo, and I know that in this book you explain a lot further how all that works. Um, but you also, you know, like you were saying, you've seen people spontaneously heal and, and improve their bodies. Can you share like a couple of stories of things that you've seen in the workshops that have just been completely mind-blowing? Well, I'm always blown away. We just did an advanced workshop in, in uh, Cancun. Sorry you weren't there, although your staff was there and they had a good time. Yeah. Uh, and I'm always amazed, Natalie, because, you know, when you talk about just placebo studies, you know, Placebo works really well with um, pain control. It works really pretty good with um, depression and you know certain skin conditions. You see placebo work uh, pretty well with those things. But I'm pretty sure now that we've exceeded um, the limits of the placebo because once you understand how the placebo works, uh, you know why is it you can give someone a sugar pill or a saline injection or perform some sham surgery or procedure? And a certain percentage of those people will accept, believe, and surrender to the idea or the thought that they're getting something real. And they begin to program their autonomic nervous system to make the exact pharmacy of chemicals that they think they're taking in the external substance. So, so if you know then that the person then is putting their faith and acceptance and belief in something outside of them, could they put their faith and belief into the quantum field take an unknown instead of a known, and continuously revisit that unknown until they make it known. And um, while the answer is yes, we've seen it over and over again, and I'll tell you a brief story because it's a good one. Uh, I was just in Europe just a little ways back, and there was a woman who, uh, I was walking off the stage, and she handed me an envelope, and uh, I was going to the green room, and I opened the envelope, and it was a story about her life, and I was so moved to tears by the story, I had her come on the stage and tell the story. Well, it was a Sunday morning, she was uh, in the shower, and her husband said goodbye to her two children, and then stuck his head in the bathroom and said goodbye to her, and went to the tallest building in Amsterdam and jumped off the roof of the building, committed suicide. Of course, the traumatic event produces all the stress hormones of anxiety, of fear, of regret, resentment, uh, guilt, shame, unworthiness, uh, pain, all of those emotions uh, were running through her body and, and what she didn't know at the time was that every time she thought about the event she was producing the same chemistry in her brain and body as if the event was happening. So her body was reliving the experience 50 to 100 times in one day and that began to condition her body into the past. And so. We talk about how refractory periods of emotions turns into moods if you let them linger for a period of time, then it turns into a temperament and finally becomes part of your personality. Well, 
if you were to ask this woman, why are you so upset? Why are you so angry? Why are you so um, uh, sad? She would say, I'm sad or I'm angry because of this event that happened to me three months ago or four months ago. Which, in other words, she's saying I was biologically altered four months ago and I haven't been able to change. Well, after a period of time, she was in so much pain emotionally that she couldn't uh, get out of bed one morning. She was completely paralyzed. Now she has, can't go to work. She can't take care of her kids. Uh, she can't, has no money, and her mother has to move in with her, so her stress levels go up. Of course, three months later, after being completely paralyzed and having no diagnosis, uh, she develops these large ulcerations in her, all the mucous membranes of her body, in her mouth, her esophagus, in her bladder, her vagina, her anus. She's covered with these very large sores. Now, stress levels go up more because now she can't eat, and when she does, she's in more pain. And so it's the scientific fact that the effects of the stress hormones push the genetic buttons that create disease. And then now that she's even in more trouble, she develops esophageal cancer three months later after that. And now the diagnosis of cancer, of course, increases her stress levels, and she's in big trouble. So if she comes to our workshop in Holland, and I talk about all the things of, about possibility, the new science of neuroplasticity and epigenetics, and you're not doomed by your genes, and you can signal new genes in new ways. And She listened really closely, although she had a very difficult time in that event because she couldn't think greater than how she felt. And she was thinking in the past because emotions are the record of the past. But she continued, and she came to a, a more progressive workshop in, in New York a few months later. And I remember because she was on crutches and a walker. She couldn't walk. And she had a breakthrough in that event. And then from that day forward, Natalie, she made a deal with herself that every single day that she would get up and do her meditation and be defined by a vision of the future instead of a memory of the past. And she said to herself, I'm not getting up for my meditation until I'm in love with my life. Now, to the materialist, to the person who's defining reality by Newtonian physics and by their senses, they would say she has no reason to be in love with her life. She, her husband committed suicide. She can't take care of her children. She's paralyzed. She's got cancer. She's got ulcerations. She can't eat. Um, you know, she, a whole list of reasons why. But every day she was teaching her body emotionally what her future was going to be like. And in a very short amount of time, she was standing on that stage and she said, I have no cancer. I just came from my doctor. There's no evidence of cancer in any of the scans. I have no evidence or any signs of any ulcerations, any of my mucous membranes. I have no pain in my body. I have complete recovery of my limbs. And I'm, I'm remarried. I have a new husband. And I said to her, new personality creates a new personal reality. The disease of cancer existed in the old personality. She was literally somebody else. And because of that, she is the example of the truth. She did exactly uh, what we said to do, and she did it religiously. And she took, there were days where I'm sure she didn't want to do her meditation. I'm sure there were days where she didn't feel like getting up out of bed. And I asked her about it, and she said, those were the days that defined me, because those were the days where I had the most incredible meditation, because my body didn't want to go into the future, and I kept bringing it into the future, and it was amazing because her and many other people, when we study the testimonials of when they write up their stories, there's a common thread that's starting to happen, which I'm starting to see. 
when people truly have a spontaneous remission, they feel so happy and so whole and so satisfied with themselves and they are in such a state of gratitude for life that they could care less if they have the disease. Over and over again, that's the moment the disease disappears. So there's a small example of somebody who applied all, all this information and, and turned their life around. So cool. I know. I love that story. I remember the last workshop of yours that I attended, uh, you were talking about that. Now let's just touch briefly on um, some of the measurements that you've been doing in relation to, to Mind Movies because I know uh, at the last couple of your advanced workshops, we've actually um, helped all of your participants to create their own personal Mind Movies and then we've been measuring the difference between you know, regular brain activity, uh, meditation, and visualization. So what are some of the uh, results that you've been seeing from that? Well, the whole reason that we use mind movies, and I'll say this really simply, is that I really feel like when you can induce a trance into a person, uh, the more they're in a state of trance, the less analytical they are. The more analytical they are, the less they are suggestible or their ability to go into a trance. So we use a kaleidoscope to induce a trance and then we have our students go right into their mind movies. And you know when you were, you know, listen to a song, if you listen to an eagle song, you know, the other day I was listening to an eagle song on the, on the drive uh, home from work and I started laughing because I started thinking about a girlfriend I had, and, you know, when I was 17 years old. and. I started thinking about all the things that happened. That's called an associative memory, right? So the song brings you back to a memory of your past. Well, I want to use the mind movies so that when people hear the song, they're remembering their future. And it's the same exact thing biologically in the brain and body. So we have students use their mind movies with a song so that they can feel passionate and, and feel the emotion of what that future is going to be like. And so when we started measuring uh, some of the brain scans of people uh, watching their mind movies, we saw an, an enhanced level of brainwave activity. But when we asked people then to close their eyes and to dimensionalize their mind movie, in other words, to put themselves into the mind movie and create height and depth and width and dimensionalize it, well, the amplitudes of energy that we were capturing in the brain on certain students probably have never been recorded in, in neuroscience history. We're talking about uh, 50, 10 to 50 times, uh, one lady probably 100 times normal. Now, you will never see that in a clinical setting, number one. And number two, she can't make that happen. In other words, that's happening to her. The inner experience that she's having in that moment is greater energetically than any past experience. And when the inner experience becomes greater than any past experience, that's the moment we rewrite the program. That's the moment the brain no longer has any evidence of the past any longer. And so the amplitudes of energy that we've captured in the mind movies research that we've been doing demonstrates that when a person really uh, goes on to a full sensory experience that when the neurotransmitters are right and the brain is primed the right way in trance and we work with our students to get them to that level, they're more prone to accept, believe, and surrender to a future without any analysis. And that's when we begin to program their autonomic nervous system to live in the future instead of live in the past. And, and um, 
just some really elegant and beautiful brain uh, scans we've seen some people for some people who were able to do it properly. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Joe, we have run out of time, <laughs> uh, which I knew that we would because uh, this is such an, an incredible subject. But um, I know that you have put together um, a little offer for our, you know, some gifts for our um, viewers. One including a teleclass because I know, as you, I'm sure anyone that's watching the show right now realizes we've just scratched the surface. When I haven't even gotten deeply into anything here, so can you tell us a little bit about um, the, the little package that you've put together for our viewers? Sure. Um, one of the things we just did a teleclass. It's about an hour and ten minutes or so. We do a teleclass the last Thursday of every month, and this particular one that we did was on fifth dimensional creation. In other words, most people when they create, they have a vision of what they want and then they have to go and get it or they have to do something to get it. Well, that's kind of a matter to matter process. It takes time. But uh, what we worked on specifically at the uh, Cancun event in, uh, in, uh, in July was what we call fifth dimensional creation, which is instead of you going to get it, it comes to you. And there's a science very specifically behind that it's a very fast way to create. And so standing on the shoulders of the event in Cancun, uh, people requested that I talk more about it. So the, the teleclass is about 35 minutes or so of me talking about fifth dimensional creation. And then uh, we answer some questions related to it. And then uh, we also are offering a $50 discount uh, to anybody who comes to any of our progressive workshops. and. Uh, I know that I'm doing one in Baltimore in the first week in September and then Phoenix in the second weekend of September, but it's on the website and there's a whole list of events around the world. Wonderful. Yeah, so guys, if you click on the banner to the side there, it'll take you straight through to that page so you can take advantage of those wonderful gifts that, uh, that Joe is offering for us. So thanks again, Joe, for joining me. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here and always an interesting conversation. <laughs> Thank you, Natalie. Thanks. Okay, now guys, I encourage you to share this video. You can do that by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons on this page. Um, also, make sure that you download the app if you haven't done so already so that you can watch the shows on the go. You don't necessarily have to be in front of your computer anymore. And make sure that you leave your email in the box on this page so I can send you the Manifesting with the Masters video e-course. It's actually valued at $87 and I would love to send it to you for free. And make sure that you click on the banner to the side there to go through for uh, Joe's gifts that he's offering for us today. So until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously, and love without limits. We'll see you soon.